Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Hello and welcome to the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. Hello, Hello Victor Marlon. Hello, Hello Mr. Sean. Holly. Have you ever heard mm-hmm. an Idlewild song called Bronze Medal? No, but I've not. No, no. That's exactly how I feel. Anyway, bronze. how are you? Why, why bronze? You feel like you're coming in third. Way, way worse than third on this week's game. Oh, mm. but you got got a bad belly. Yeah, I'm not well. Never mind. Um, tell me about what we were doing two weeks ago. A week ago. A week ago, wasn't it? No idea. I can't remember that far back. Good job. I recorded it. Ah, that's handy. Yes. We were in Newcastle upon time playing at Nurg. Yes. Shall we put in a little, I think, a little seven-minute natter? natter we were, we were nattering. We didn't do a walk round because we've always done those, and we've been to Nurg quite a few times now. Let's put our natter in right here. Bakers, it's day two of Nurg. Hello, hello. Look at that Mr. Tronat. Say hello, Mr. Tronat. He's ran off. He's run off. He's busy trolling someone somewhere else. We normally do a walk around, but we're not going to this time because they all sound the same. It does. We we were going to just take last year's Nurg walk around and put it on. (laughs) When we talk around, um, our highlights so far on the games we've been playing, what we've been up to. Are we, Vic? Yes. So the first highlight was standing quite near uh, Cosmic Pleiads, it's called. Electrocoin. Little Electrocoin Cabir, a little cabaret of James's. And we've been playing that. Lovely little game, isn't it? Yeah, but we've always liked this. Like a weird phoenix. We did play it here last year, but we've got more rubbish. I think I think the settings are a bit more difficult. I'm yeah, sure they are. That's what it is. Great game though. I'm getting one soon. Getting a uh, PCB of it soon, mm. hopefully. So we've got about 80 cabs, about 80 consoles, about, yeah, about 50 odd pinballs. Oh, I had a go roadshow pinball. Quite like that. That's all right. Yeah. Mouths moving up and down on the toys. A very cool. weird one that. It's good though. It's clever. When we've also been playing is Juno First, which we I really Juno like. Juno First. Juno First, which we really enjoy. Yeah, a lot of fun. It's a, good, it's a good pick, that, for the podcast game. Absolutely. And Sky Cursor. Should we have a, have a chat about Sky Cursor? Yeah, they've changed Sky Cursor. They've updated it again now, and it's the retail version we've got now, the newest version. We managed to do it the other day. You did it. Yeah, and we've got it and it's in, harder. in the Delta, what is that, like Delta, a Ulix type of thing. It looks here. It's LCD handicap. Proper yeah. jammer one, though. It's works on jammer and stuff. Mr. Troll has taken a picture of us. Just, yeah, just pulling funny faces. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot harder. I'm not used to yeah. it yet. I'm going to take it home today. I'm going to yeah. get used to it, try it a bit more, see how it goes. I've been playing it quite a bit, and I think overall it's an improvement over the previous version. Not for me yet, but I've only had about two goes. The shotgun is less frequent. You can't use it as much in the katana as well. Yeah. You've got to be a lot more technical. Uh, what do you call it? You've got more... to be a bit more careful. Yeah. Strategic. You can't just mow through stuff. I it's like a lot harder. Stuff, That's the thing I like about it. Yeah, maybe fair to mow through mode. Like, could do. Change well, the dip so you can use a katana. I'm sure girl. we'll talk to them about feedback. Yeah. To play. Well, I'm sure they're willing to hear what we've got to say. But the improvements, all the baddies now have a hit point counter. Yep. 
And the first guy, Jackie, the skeleton, the skeleton head, whippy face man. Yeah, he actually tells you where he's coming from rather than just going through. He says danger, arrow, so you yeah, move out of the way. Just a couple of seconds, split second to get out of the way, which I quite like. I like yeah. that feature. That's good. That's a feature. And the when you hit the three buttons and you get the chain effect, it doesn't last as long, does it? It doesn't last as long. So you don't. You're not relying so much on these Unless chains to make a point. Unless it's time between kills. So you have to keep killing really quick. Don't know. Because on the old one, you had a bit of time with not doing anything, it would still stay in chain yeah. mode. I don't, I don't know, we'll have to get into it. I don't know how you keep the chain going, but I no overall, idea. I think it's an improvement and I really like it. I've not played level four yet, though. I have. I had a look at it on someone's back. It looks good. It's yeah, really it's, nice. it's a real jump up in difficulty, I think, from three oh, to really? four, yeah. Eek. But the baddie's not so bad at the end. Oh, okay. He's like a... A skull on the train. I hate it when that happens. Ooh, see yeah, a skull on the train. I'm going back to there and there's a skull on my train. Yeah. The Virgin train back to King's Cross. It's like shooting green bullets at you. Yeah. Isn't what else are you talking about, Vic? I'm just looking down through the road now. Juno first, proper Juno first cab here. Yeah. Mr. Tronos have been really good on that. 300 and something thousand he's getting so far. Roadrunner, like which cab. everyone's enjoying Roadrunner. No, I'm not too keen on I like Juno first cab, but the, the warp button's very far away from your firebar. It's a yeah. bit weird to get used to. That's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's a karate chimp now, I love that game. Karate chimp. Mr. Hees, Jimmy, Mr. Russ there. Hello! Hello there! Hello. <laughs> That's Russ. You were playing Jai Oh my earlier. god, it's Mr. 20 to 5! Jeez, he's right in front of us. And Mr. Phil back from the Parapella Phil. Hello. What's your highlights of the Nerg experience so far, baby? Not having to do that competition today. Oh yeah, you did the, you got jammed <laughs> up with wind. Yeah, me jammy wind yesterday. It was good. I quite enjoy that game. I liked it. It's not the first time I've ever played it. Mr. Trainer's beat me, I didn't like that very much. And here's my walk round buddy from Glasgow. Glasgow. Good afternoon, gents. He's got a very fitting Mr. 20 to 5 t-shirt with an Atari joystick. We like that a lot. You know, what's, what's been your highlights so far, Neil? Um, what games have you been playing? Other than meeting you two gents, and I have just completed pole position. Have you? For the very awesome. first time wow. in my entire life. And that's harder as well, because it's pole it's position on, It's too. on the harder one, yeah. Ooh, and well I'm happy. Done. And when I came wow. here yesterday, I saw you playing. Meep, meep. Yes. Roadrunner. Big it's a big one. Oh. Meep, meep. Oh. Frogger? Meep, meep. Roadrunner. Frogger does go meep, meep, actually. Yeah. Oops, I, yeah. So what are your highlight games part of Pops as you're completing that? Roadrunner, I suppose, again. He's good at Roadrunner. You beat. I beat Jim Bagley and I've beat my score again. I've topped half a million now. Oh, wow. Well, well, what level's that? Um, nine, I think. Nine really or ten. Sure. I couldn't play it yesterday. My hand was funny. My hand went funny. Arcade hand. hand. Yeah. Hilarious arcade hand you've got. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I had a quick go over Circus Charles yesterday as well, like that. Yeah, I remember all the secrets again. I was showing some bloke how to play it. Yeah, secrets great little game for secrets, isn't it? Lovely. I've got secrets, but I can't tell them on the podcast. There's skeletons in my closet, Vic. Absolutely. Skeletons, I tell me. No, I really. I've been playing a lot of Bosconian yesterday as well. That's great. Bosconian's great. James has bought a, well, a brand new from America cab. Yeah. He had to clean it out the day before. And they put a new PCB in it, so went all chunky, like Atari 2600 graphics. Yeah. Playing it. Got a fill into it as well. Mr. Trainers have been into it. I got a high score now, beat my previous high score. It is easier. Of what? My old high score was about 175,000, and it's 247,000. It's really good going now, it's beat me. I'm sure it's an easier version. I'll have to come on home when I get back. Yeah, you got 80,000. Yeah, second goal. Feels done well there. Good, very good. 
So Nurg again has been brilliant. As usual. It's a, a bit quieter on the Sunday, but it's still pretty busy in here. Yeah, it's actually busier than it was last year on a Sunday, yeah, I think. Busier than previous yeah, year. Yeah. In fact, well. I come last year and there was just girls playing netball here, so I think I come on the wrong day. Come on Monday. Because it's a netball court. You stayed though, didn't you? Yeah, I did stay and watch all the and uh, there's James's tent at the end there, RGB tent, and it looks like he's got his head in the back of a defender. Yeah, I was allowed in the inner sanctum earlier. Mm. Yeah? Yeah, I was just sitting in there. Is it just biscuits and PCBs around there? It's mainly there? wires. Oh, yeah. Stuff. Soldering. Yeah, soldering. Soldering, as they say in America. In America. Soldering. Yeah, yeah. We should go and play some more Bosconian now. Yeah, so score. fantastic as ever. Thanks yeah. to Phil for organising this. Yeah, Phil and his team, well done. Thank you very much. Brilliant as ever, and we can't wait for next year, can we, Vic? Already? Oh. Yeah. It's not over. And I'm, I'm getting tearing up just like your fears yet. And did you know Millipede is a multipede? So you play it is, we're playing centipede now. Love I didn't game. know that. Bigger, bigger track ball, different to play. Yeah, very different. Yeah, I still like it. Millipede's a good game as well. No, I'm not into it. I do like it. Yeah. I like, I like pure, it. Original, pure. I like it. Right, see you, kids. Bye. Bye. And that was talking about some of the highlights of Nurg. I mean. Same thing every year at Nurg, actually. It's pretty good. You know, we talk to loads of people. We have a good time on the machine to go out for a curry, have some beer, etc. It's great. Mm. Even the journey up there is not too bad. It's two hours 50 for me. I think it's a bit further for you, in it? Because you're in a car. But, yeah, uh, I, did it, I did it in about the same as you. 2.45 I did it. I did it in two and a half hours on the way home. Mm, that's not too bad. Mm, something to do with speed of the car, I think, maybe. You sure it's not because you're going across millions of time warps and time zones? Could be. Also, I went to see Alex the other day to deliver a stupidly heavy US step-down transformer. Uh, I took this from John Budd at Nurg and brought it all the way back home with me on the trains and tubes and everything with all my other bags. Mm. And this is for Ol. So uh, I think Al- Alex was going to see Ol the other day and he was going to take it down for me. That thing was stupidly heavy. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? It was ridiculous. I've never seen one so big. So now I have a double hernia. So well done me. Mm. Oh, do you know what? What's that? You know, I got you some Guinnesses for your birthday and you left them in the car because you couldn't get them on the train. Yeah, have you drank them? I've drank them, sorry, Vic. Well, well done. You should have done. They need to be enjoyed. I don't I don't um, really like them, actually. It's not a lot of flavour. Is it better out of, a, out of a barrel, Guinness? Makes no difference. I just like them. I like the nice. flavour like of coffee, so I'm going to like it. Sort of a smoky taste to it, mm. if you know what I mean. Whilst I was talking to Alex at his house, we had a bit of a natter there in the sun. It was quite nice sitting outside. He enjoyed the USA when he was over there, enjoyed it. Mm. And tell me about all the wonderful things he saw and did over there. Um, and I can't wait to go back to the west of the US again in September on holiday. Um, Alex also showed me his working battle zone, which I'm quite envious no. of. I nearly stole it. So I've got a non-working battle zone, which is the usual kind of battle zone. <laughs> I really want to get mine working, and yesterday... I nipped into Hounslow, local town to me, because they've got one of the um, one of those big charity shops that does the electronic goods. Pound World. No, it's no, it's Heart Foundation, and they usually do loads of CRT TVs and LCDs. And what I was hoping to do is just buy a real cheap, like five or ten quid, fourteen-inch LCD screen. So I can just chuck it in the battle zone with a bit of mame in there, just to mm. get it working until I get the original monitor sorted out and. The PCBs, which Phil Murray's got, and he has got no time to do it at the moment because he's doing, he's having half a house built on the side of his house, and he's got no time for fixing PCBs. So he's got to fix his game room first. So that PCB is going to wait a while, but I can just get it working with Mame, and because it's behind a coloured overlay, 
and smoked perspex, I don't think you'd notice that much. Being being not a raster game, being a vector game on a smooth, you know, fine LCD screen. But thing is, couldn't find a 14 or 15 inch LCD screen to save my life. 4.3 mm-hmm. or 16.9, doesn't matter, I couldn't find one anywhere. Because you can actually stretch the screen around in MAME, you can move it. So if you put a larger screen in there, it gets hidden by the, the cardboard bezel around the screen anyway, the Battlezone bezel. Yeah. You, can, you can move the screen so it's in the right position. Couldn't even find a screen anywhere. I went to a no. sale this morning as well. Couldn't find one there either. Where have all the 14-inch LCD screens gone, for goodness sake? Because nobody has a 14-inch screen anymore, do they? Or smaller. Mm. eBay. Think, yeah, well, no. Even eBay, you pay, pay for the delivery of it. It costs you probably more than the actual thing. Yeah. So I'm just going to leave that. Ignore it. Uh, more fails I've had lately. I got onto the Dig Dug the other day to do a bit more on the Dig Dug. Made a right pig's ear of the bit I was doing. So I got annoyed with that and left it. What were you doing? I was trying to do an angled... The, the top roof of it, the wooden roof, it's got an angle on it. And then the front of it, it, it corresponds to the front of the cabinet. So there's two angles. And doing that with the router is quite difficult. And I was doing a bit of it. And I thought, oh, what I could do here is just angle the jigsaw and do it with the jigsaw. Here's one tip, a quick tech tip, because there's never any tech tips anymore for people. Never use a jigsaw to do anything that's slightly accurate. They're an absolute <laughs> waste of time. They just wander all over the place. I ended up ruining the piece. So I got really annoyed with that and got in a huff and just put it back where it was. And I'll probably just leave it forever or smash it into pieces and throw it away. Right. It's easier. So, yeah, don't bother. It's just life isn't long enough, that sort of thing, I don't think. Fixing dig dogs, no. Yeah, that's miffed me a bit. <laughs> yes. Mm, guess what I've been up to? Tell me what you've been up to. There must be better things than, than I've been up to. Well, two negatives, actually. Negatives, negatives. I'm not normally negative. Fallen out mm. with Commando. I know last time I said I'd 1cc it, but I can't bring myself to play it again. I fell out with it when we were playing it, to be honest with you. I'm going to leave it for a year and then try it. You won't. Mm. You'll have forgotten about it by then. They'll be going out with someone else by then. They'll have forgotten about you. <laughs> do still like Commando it. will be running around with Ninja Gaiden or something by then. Good God. Mm. Also, I've fallen out with the Pie Factory guys for rubbish in 1942 on the latest podcast. They ripped it to pieces. They said it was rubbish. The boring. cats! The cheeky gets! Cheeky gets! The cheeky gets! Cheeky gets! And they said 1943 is a lot better. You what? You what? I, I was verbally abusing them on Twitter and they haven't replied. I think they fell out on me. I didn't even get annoyed. I just went, mm. <laughs> it's not. It really isn't. 1943 is not a better game at all. It's true. Even I think 1942 is better than that Cod's Wallop 1943. It's Twitch Shooter Heaven is 1942. 1942 is awesome, but I think August mm. pips it. It's very similar. Very I think similar 42, game, yeah. sim- 42 pips it, but also Star Force is a very, very close second, I think, to 1942. Absolutely. I'll talk about those games later on in a section on this podcast. Nice. And finally, I went to see Stealing Sheep. You one of my stole fa- some sheep? One of my favourite bands, like a, a girl trio, weird pop, folky electronical thingy what's it have they got a massive van to keep all these sheep in i don't think they steal any oh i think they may have done i don't know what the lion gets i don't know what the meaning of the band name is yeah i went to see him in manchester last night with wife because there's a big festival on in manchester at the moment it's probably it's called the manchester 
big festival. Mm, okay. Maybe not. Something well, like that. Been yeah, festivals. that was really good. There's been festivals going on, didn't there? I talked to Phil Murray the other day on a message. I was going to go and see him this weekend, but he was away in Southampton at an 80s revival, music Ooh. revival. I think he was watching Hazel O'Connor, and Nick Haywood came on and some other stuff. Oh, that sounds fun. Excellent, yeah. Good stuff. And the last notes for what we've been up to is Bosconian. It's one word. You know, we said earlier we were playing Bosconian at Nurg and sort of re-found the, my kindled my love for it. I've always liked Bosconian. And mm. weirdly enough, it's a game that not a lot of people have played. I thought it was a really popular game because I saw this quite a bit when I was a kid. I've known oh, it since I was like eight or nine years old, you know, when it came out. And I played it a lot. I've always played it. But Mr. Tronads, when he played it, he quite enjoyed it. And he said he'd never really played it before, never really taken much notice of it. Maximum Phil, I got him into play, and he really enjoyed it as well, and he's never played it before. And when I was talking to Phil Murray, he said to me a little while ago, he asked me a question, he said, what is the music you use on your samples before the tech tips? And I didn't remember which one it was, and I wasn't near the computer at the time that had the samples on it. It's on my main computer. So I was in the bathroom the other day, and I was just looking on my phone. I went, oh, let's have a quick look. So I loaded up one of our podcasts, jumped to the bit where your tech tip was, and it played it, and it's it's obviously Bosconian. And, oh, dear, it's Bosconian. And he said, oh, I've never played it either. Mm. And Phil's an old-school gamer. You know, he's, he plays the older games like we do. Well, I never saw it. Really? And the first time I ever played it was on a PlayStation 1 compilation. I think it was Namco Museum Volume 1 or 2 or something. So that was, like, 1995, 96, when the first time I ever saw it. Yes. Yeah, and I remember one, really it? liking it then, thinking it was great. It's a weird one, because I think what happens with Bosconian boards is people nick bits like the custom chips off them to fix Gallagher's. Mm. Which is a very similar board. And I was saying to Tronads, um, the one at Nurg in James's cabin, it was really, really easy for me. It was it was really, really simple. And then really noticed the difference in, in difficulty between mine, because my one's quite difficult. And I realised there's there's about five different versions of it. There's two midway versions. Right. I think it's the newer and the older one. And there's two Namco ones. There's three Namco ones. There's, there's the normal one. There's old and older. And some of them play... They, when you start the game, you've got the patterns of the, the bases you've got to kill on the, on the mm. radar. And you can see the patterns. And I know straight away that the patterns that were totally different. They're in a different position. Some of them repeat, but in different places. And some of the patterns are totally different. And I noticed on my one at home that when you first start playing... The spaceships fly at you, you know, the enemy spaceships. But on this one, you, you don't get many at the start. Hardly, you hardly see any when you're killing the ships. Mm. And on mine, they're flying at you all the time. And they're usually quicker than you from very early on. So when they chase you, they will actually get you unless you get out of them and shoot them quick. And also, Red Alert comes up a lot quicker on mine and the spy ship and all that sort of stuff. So I noticed it was more difficult. And when I got home, I played it and noticed it was really difficult. And I said to Tronads, I'll send you a video of it. I'll show you my one, because it must be a different ROM version. Obviously, it is. So I videoed it. I had one go of it, and I got 220,000 on the hard version. That's really, really good. Because I was Mm. just getting, was it 297,000 I got on there? Was it 250,000? I think you are getting it towards 300, weren't you? 300,000. Close to that, yeah. So that was pretty Mm. good at NERG. And the one at NERG, it kept breaking down. It kept jumping into 2600 mode. Because some of the background tiles were going really, really blocky, like the mines and the rocks and the big ships in the background were turning into these big sort of lumpy graphics, and the rest of the graphics were okay. So it was going wrong. I think it must have been a, a heat thing or a dodgy chip or something when it was getting played. It was changing. I think James fixed it in the end, but it was off for a little while. And um, I sent him that, and then I've been on UK Vax saying, oh, this 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 PCB looks a bit different to the ones on 
on the internet. Because I look at the, the, the ROM positions, they're totally different on my one. So what's going on here? It's official, and it's got officially written labels on all the ROMs, which is usually where you know it's an original game. And I put on there, and someone, I think it was um, Favoured Son, Gary, on UK Vac, said, that's because it's a, it's a Bos- that your Bosconian board has got half a Xevious board on it. It's got the CPU board from Azevius, because it's a similar hardware to the game. I was like, wow, that's really weird. So it's got half a Bosconian on it and half a Xevious. So it's it's a weird version. I don't think... I I did dump some of the ROMs with my ROM dumper and put them through a ROM ident for MAME, and it's not known. So I think it's an undumped version from MAME. Wow, get it on there. So if it is, I will dump the ROMs and send them to Porchy, who will do the, uh, the business with MAME, if they want them. Very oh, nice. Queer. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. That's why it's so difficult. Mm. And someone on UK Vat, I can't remember it was now, but they did offer me a fully working midway board in exchange for my one because it's a bit of an oddity and I wanted the easier version. But I've kindly declined their offer because I want the Namco version. Yeah. Because that's got a Namco adapter on it. And I think I use that for SkyKid. I'm sure it's the one for SkyKid as well. So I need the adapter and I like the Namco version anyway. Don't know why, I just do. But yeah, so uh, hopefully get that sorted out before long, and maybe able to rewrite some ROMs for it to play the easier version. I reckon I can get half a million on that, you know, on the easy version. Yeah, because when when you get when I was playing at Nerg, you know, when you get in the later levels later on, and you get to Red Alert or uh, Mm. for is it Formation Red? I can't remember it goes now. Condition Red. Condition Red. Condition Red. Whatever it is, when it goes crazy and everything flies at you, that's like playing my game. From about level four onwards, so it wasn't really wasn't phasing me. I was just sort of just getting on with it, and you just got to try and do the level quick because so much stuff gets thrown at you. Mm. Yeah, what a weird version. I've had it ages, never thought anything of it. I just thought it was a bit of a more difficult version. Just really, just played it like that. It's like when I was first playing Scramble, I had the stern version, and they didn't realise it was the hard version until I played the Kalami one, and I could just breeze through it. Then it's it's good that sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, I think it sort of it prepares you for the difficulty of the later levels. Mm. But then when you want to play stuff like Dig Dug, when you play the first sort of 20 levels of Dig Dug, it's so much slower and you don't get into the rhythms quite so quickly. And I tend to die more on the easy levels. How weird is that? Because you're used to the fast used action. To, yeah, you're just used to going, you know, going and just dropping the rocks all the time rather than pumping the guys and just going for patterns all the time. Yeah, that's an odd one, isn't it? Weird! Arcade News. We have Asteroids Deluxe and Asteroids and Lunar Lander Braze Multi-Kit has finally been launched, according to Tony Temple's Arcade Blogger Blog. I did read that. Mm. Uh, this is the Braze Kit. Um, Scott Brassington, who's done this. This has been in development forever. Has it? Long I remember time. playing this uh, a guy's house in Wales, Simon, who one of the one of the old UK VAC people, I went to one of his, his parties one time in Wales, and he had it on his machine then. That was over 10 years ago. God. I remember that in there, because he, he had a, an early version of it, and it worked fine. So I'm not sure why it's taken this long to get working. I'm not sure whether there was bugs to iron out, or it just you know sort of got lost for a bit and come back. I would like one. Yeah. I think they're $115. But the thing is, when you, take, when you get them from America, they hit you for customs as well. Thanks, customs. That'll be another £30. It's good mm. of them, isn't it? No. Yeah, not really. But Tony's blog's worth a read, how he installs it in his cab, so that's yeah, good. Yeah, it's, it's a good guide if you not, want to not install it, actually. It's got a good practical guide. 
is another bit of news, well, another article about the history of the Trocadero Centre in Londinium. Yes, I remember it well. I never went to, ever. Oh, it's such a shame. It's a really good arcade at one point. The, but the history of it is really convoluted. It's it's had its ups and downs through the years, and it didn't really shut down till I'm scrolling through. It's about 2011, something like that. I think so. Yeah, when it completely shut down. Because when when I I used to go there before I moved to um, London. Actually, I think I moved. I went to see someone here and I went there, and we had a good time. There was a loads of pony cabs. They had like they had about eight or ten pony cabs there with older games in. And had some big games downstairs and dance stuff. It was it was sort of like a an old school arcade, but it had some more modern games of the time as well. Yeah, it was really really good. And I talked to the the manager there, and I have a feeling it's a guy I'm going to be talking to quite soon for an interview. I'm sure it's the same guy, so I might know this guy. Um, so yeah, it, it was quite good back then. And when I spoke to him, I did a deal with some pony cabs because they were trying to sell a few cabs at the time. And then about a few years later on, I went in there one day and everything was chained off. All, all the lights were off upstairs. There was no one in there. They put chains across the door so they couldn't get anything in or out. And I think there was a problem with, with rent or some bills or something. I can't remember what it was. Mm. But it was all sort of a big thing. And then there was rumours of it being sold as a hotel and all sorts of other casinos and all sorts of other. I don't know what's going on with it. And it's, I'm not even sure what's going on with it now. I don't really go there much anymore because I know there's nothing. I think there was an arcade in the basement, but it's all modern stuff. Nothing, nothing hmm. for us. Hmm. And another one here, Frogger Lives Again. This is a little handheld game by a company called The Bridge Direct. I don't know how... Take it to the bridge! <laughs> it came up in my feed, so I don't know what it... Not in my food, in my feed. It came up in your food? Yeah. Oh, there's a frogger in my food. Oh, frogger in my food. And it's like a little LCD game, and there's, there's a few of them, actually. I've seen some of them. They're quite neat little things. Frogger, Pac-Man, and Space Invaders. The actual ACD, LCD game of it is quite good. I've seen the game, mm. gameplay of it. It looks pretty reasonable. $20, it's yours, Vic. It's a nice thing to have on your shelf, isn't it, in your arcade room, I think. That sort of mm. stuff. So we put some links on for that. There's also a Pac-Man and a Space Invaders by the same company, by the way. I have a feeling there's a Cuba as well, you know. Ooh, this sounds quite good on them, actually. Not exactly right, but... Better than the visuals. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's just a black and white LCD, isn't it? Like a sort of watch mm-hmm. kind of thing. Here's a good one. I noticed this come up on Facebook from the Galloping Ghost Arcade. It says, huge congratulations to Austin Swan, the Mad Planet's world record holder. He's just set a massive new house-high score on Sinistar of 371,705 points on Sinistar. You know how hard oh. Sinistar is, don't you? It's like Busconian on super steroids, isn't it? So, well done, Austin. You know how old this guy is? 22. He's 11. 11. He's the world record holder of Mad Planets as well. So, absolutely congrats to this guy. He's some sort of uh, super-duper player at 11 years old. What other, what other games he can play? It's and the thing be, yeah. is, as well, uh, this is a Charlie finder making, I think, but his mm. Sinistar score is reportedly the highest ever score to have been videoed live. Right. Because a lot of people don't believe that the 700,000-point world record was achievable. So Austin uh, is the only yeah. person being videoed with such a high score. So well done, him. I've got a bit of an anniversary here. Afterburner turns 30 this month. 
So 30 years old. And I've always wondered about Afterburner 2, and I found a little bit about Afterburner 2. You mm. may know this, but I didn't. Released as Afterburner 2 in the arcade, from what I understand, the original Afterburner was only available in Japan for a short time, and the designers were not satisfied with the game because it didn't have a throttle. Afterburner 1 had no throttle, so they put it on, released it in America a few months later as Afterburner 2, right. changed the number of levels from 18 to 21, Mm. So that's why we always get Afterburner 2. Have you ever seen an Afterburner 1? I don't think I do, but it's not a game I enjoy, so I never really look out for it. I didn't know that. The, the artwork always says Afterburner, but when, when the screen scrolls, you know, like you get that. Oh, okay. It's Afterburner 2. Oh, I wonder if it's just a ROM swap. Mm, a throttle as well. It's a hardware change as well, isn't it, on there? Yeah, you'd have to. Yeah, I suppose you'd have to an extra, extra plug on the PCB and stuff. Yeah, I don't mm. know. It's not a game. I don't even know the controls, to be honest. I don't know what. What you've got, I know you can sort of zoom in and out of the screen, and you've got a fire and a, and, a, and a torpedo thingy, but I've not really played it, to be honest with you. I remember you playing it at the arcade club in Haslindon, you and Alex. Got stuck in it. And you couldn't get out. <laughs> I mean, knees ripped around with my ear holes. It's like, it's like being, it's like Diddy Kong in Diddy Kong Racing. It's the call of the fire brigade. There's a man stuck in an afterburner. What's yes. he doing in there? He's 42. Yes, he's an idiot. Why is he in there? Mm. Yes. This is from the Retro Hour page of Nick This. It is just a nice little article on the BBC News website. Retro gaming, why players are returning to the classics. Because they're awesome. Quite a, we all know why, but it's quite a well-written article about you know people loving the simple gameplay. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit of nostalgia, but kids are getting into it as well. Nice article, that. Thanks, Retro Hour. Woo! Yes. Also... Last bit of news. Mm-hmm. We've had Play Expo Leeds in April. We've had Revival in Warsaw in May. Yeah. When I said I was going to Warsaw at work, they all thought I was going to Warsaw in Poland. Mm. I said, you're back away. quick. I said, no, I've only gone down Midlands, idiots. Play Expo in Glasgow in June. Yeah. Nerg in Gateshead at the beginning of July. And the last show of the retro gaming summer silly season is Play Blackpool coming up this weekend at the Norbrick Castle Hotel. Oh. I'm involved with the arcade setup and I'm keeping an eye on the biscuit supplies as ever. So come and see you all, lads. I'm there Saturday. I and will not be saying Sunday. hello. Oh, okay. I will not be going to Blackpool. It's a long way. It is a long way. It's a good one, Blackpool. It's like the original, isn't it? The original retro destination. Mm. Think it, I think the first replay events was Blackpool. I know they yeah, do Manchester. It is the most popular one, that isn't it? Well, well, Manchester has the biggest crowd, but Blackpool is very popular. Yeah, yeah. Arcade pickups. This edition of pickups is a birthday edition because my birthday last week, I got a Switch. Nintendo, not not a light Switch, a <laughs> Nintendo Switch. I got you some Guinness, Vic. Yes, you did, and and, and I'm, I don't have one of them. Thank you very much. You did have one, yeah. And you paid for my hotel. Thank you very much. Oh yeah, forgot about that. We we almost had a little fight in the car like two old ladies. You put your money away, hen. <laughs> No, no, I'll check. pay for this. No, no. Thank what you very much. I'm writing a cheque. Was that Father Ted? Yes, yeah, Father Ted, Mrs. Doyle. Well, I'm my mum. My mum still writes cheques. I get this. Oh no, Mrs. Dean, put that away. I get this. No, now don't be silly. I'm writing a cheque. Oh, you're not. No, you're not. In fact, when when wife, it was wife's idea to buy me a switch because she heard me. Talking about the Switch, and I was on an R in whether I want one at Christmas time, because I was going to get one sort of later on, possibly. And because I didn't really need anything for my birthday, she got me one. And I'm really grateful for it, because it's good. It's a good little thing. I like mm-hmm. it a lot. I was playing it up on the train up to Nurg. It was at Ace. I was playing a game called Bru- uh, Thumper. 
which mm-hmm. is like it's a sort of cross between a rhythm game and Wipeout, and it's sort of really sort of moody sort of good game, really really good. Sort of good. I had my headphones on playing. It was a lot of fun, and I've also got. Zelda Breath of the Wild, and it's sort of taken my life over a little bit already. I've only played a little bit of it, and wife's played a little bit. I was watching her play it earlier today. It's a good sort of game you can play on the sofa together and sort of help each other out. You know, go over there, use this, look in that tree, hit that thing with an arrow and stuff. Even I've been playing it. I like rolling boulders over the red gremlins. Ha ha, the flat idiots. So it's good like that, and I got uh, Poyo Tetris. It's Poyo Poyo and Tetris mixed together. And I'm not sure if it works, actually. You can play Puyo Puyo, or you can play Tetris, or you can play a mix of the both together. So when you're getting the little little bean guys together, when you get a Tetris piece come down, it squashes them down. And you've got to build lines with it. I don't know, it works. It's a bit odd. I'm not too sure about that one, but normal normal Puyo and normal Tetris is still good. Could have called it Petris. They could. Or Toyo. Puyo Tris. Yeah. That wouldn't work. They missed a trick there. I've also bought a game online for it. I put some monies on there and bought a game called Coloco or Coloco. It's very mm. like the first Zelda on the NES, which I really enjoyed. I used to play it with my brother when he was a kid, and we actually completed it without cheating. And it's a good little game. It's very sort of 8-bit graphics, and it's basically a very simple game where you've got to f- find little simple puzzles, like you know, push a block onto a switch, then stand on the other switch to open a door, you know, take a pot and put it in a, in a little hole to open a switch for a door... And you've just got to kill kill little baddies, and you can hit bushes to get hearts out of and money and stuff, so you can buy things. It's a good little game. It was Ooh. five pounds, and I've got to like level four now on the train. I got sort of really got into it because there's a bit I couldn't find, and I've easily found it in the end. Oh my god, it's just there. Why didn't I see that like twelve hours ago? And I'm on about level four now. It's really good, good little game. And I'm gonna buy a game called Shantae on there, which was on the Game Boy originally, which Mr. Driscoll put me onto. Really Shantae. good. Shantae. It, you play a little girl belly dancer, and it's sort of a platformy game. It's really good, really good little game. It was on the, it's on the Game Boy Color, then it was on the DS, I think, which is quite expensive on the DS, and it's just coming out on the Switch now. And it's that's not, only about nine quid, I think. It's not a lot of money for an independent game. It's not many games with belly dancers in. There isn't. Mm. There might be some in Aladdin, surely. Maybe you'd think on the old Mega Drive and the SNES. Mm. Hmm. Mm, we'll have to check that out. No one. Other stuff I got from WAF. She, she did yes. really well. I mean, she did really well for my birthday. She got me uh, tickets to see a band called Creeper. I really like. And I didn't think Creeper were playing this year because they've done a lot of gigs. They've done a lot of abroad in America. And I think they're doing possibly Download Festival. Can't remember. But I'm not going to that. But she found some tickets for December. They must have put on a new show. So I'm really right. pleased about that. Can't wait to see that. Also, yeah. Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs sent me a rebate right. on my birthday. That was nice of them, wasn't it? Yeah. Don't get that very often. I had some uh, original artwork from a, a famous artist called Idod. Yes. It was Bobby Idod. He coloured something in for me. Oh, that's good. With some pandas swearing. It's great. Uh, biscuits. <laughs> Got some biscuits from people, as usual. Yes. Uh, and the hotel that you got me. So that's mm. it. Oh, more pickups. Not birthday pickups. This is the next day at Nerg pickups. Yes. I actually bought myself something. You know, I would try, wander around and try and find something to buy and never find anything. Mm-hmm. I bought myself a teeny tiny Competition Pro joystick for my 8 bit consoles and computers. Now, you know what a Competition joystick looks like, don't you? It's got a rectangular yes. base, two big buttons at the front, stick, like an arcade stick. 
Mm. This is about two thirds the size. It's tiny. It's really small. Mm. It's like a child's one. And I saw it and thought, that must have come out in Japan because obviously, you know, a lot of Japanese people are smaller than us. They've got smaller hands. That's why I think the Famicom controllers are a bit smaller. And I think their, their SNES controllers might be smaller as well. But no, it was made in Britain. Nice. It's actually got it on the front of the box made in, in the UK. Oh, maybe so, show me now. So yeah. I'm not sure whether it's just a space saver or for kids. I don't know. But I got it and I really like it. Uh, what else did we get there? I bought a Totoro for Y, for crocheted Totoro. Is that like that creepy guy from Donnie Darko, that creepy rabbit guy? Is that him? No, Totoro's a big fat rabbit thing. He's quite cute. He's a very famous... Uh, Studio Ghibli. Studio Ghibli, yeah. Ghibli? Yeah. I've been to Studio Ghibli uh, Museum in Japan. It's awesome. There's a big giant on the roof. I wouldn't go if that creepy rabbit guy were there. there. Was he there? No, he wouldn't be there. He'd scare the children. Yeah. Kids yeah. were all in the cat bus as well when I went there. It's ace. They a cat let me go. bus? Yeah, cat bus. It's from My Neighbour Totoro, the famous film. Go and watch it. I can't believe you've not seen Totoro. I've not seen I don't watch much anime. That I've seen... You should do. It's ace. Spir- Spirited Away, which I thought was excellent. That is awesome. That got an Oscar. And I've seen Akira, a few Ghost in the Shell, a few of the really famous ones I've seen, but not many. Totoro is probably the most famous one. Alcom, I haven't heard of it then, Vic. Because you, sir, are in the north. <laughs> and all you care about is pie and peas. And, and biscuits. And, oh, and, and Blue Moon. Blue Moon. Yeah, we had some Blue Moon again, didn't we? You had some Blue Moon. I did not. I didn't drink a lot at all, actually. I wasn't in the mood. Which is not an IPA, it is a wheat beer. Wheat beer. Wheat beer is quite nice. I don't like IPA. Wheat beer is quite nice. I'm going to get into that as well. Uh, my new favourite biscuit, the Neil 20 to 5 Stroop Waffle. Oh, thanks, Neil. They're gorgeous. Oh, it's the future of syrupy, softy biscuits. It is. What you do, Neil told us this, you get a beverage, so we've all got coffee at Nurg, plonked on the table, you put a Stroop Waffle over the, bis- over the top of the cup, and you mm. wait five minutes, and it goes all syrupy and soft, and it sort of melts a little bit, and it goes all, all bendy. Oh, they're so nice. I had some on the way home as well. I nicked your your ones. Because they're circular, aren't they? So they, they fit over the, over a normal-sized cup. But they don't they don't melt to bits. It's the inside that's nice, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, they just sort of go a bit a bit droopy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're good. They're so good. I brought them back and ate them at home. Wife had a few as well. Mm. We also got some Oreo Slims from I Am Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. He is Thank Jimmy. You. He is Jimmy. He was Jimmy. Still is Jimmy. We he are is not, Jimmy. We are not Jimmy. We're not Jimmy. Biscuit newsflash. I have had coffee caramel digestives. Oh, They coffee. are lush. They are lush. Official. Can't argue with it. They also do banoffee ones, which I don't like. I don't like anything banana in. Ugh. Coffee, ice cream, coffee. Oh, I love biscuit. that as well. I don't like it, don't coffee, like. I like coffee-flavoured everything, actually, and coffee. I like coffee, but when it's warm the, these and biscuits, liquid. These biscuits, you should get them. These biscuits aren't strong coffee. They're more caramel than anything else, with a slight hint of coffee. Right. Do you, not like, a, do you not like a coffee shoe bun? A coffee shoe? Is that some weird southern thing? Coffee it's, shoe bun? People are screaming at you, you ignorant northern swine. That's just three words you've stuck together. Coffee, you, shoe, you know, bun. You know what a shoe bun is, don't you? No. Shoe pastry is what eclairs are made out of. You know that kind of pastry with like air, air bubbles in? Oh, yeah. That's shoe pastry, right? Right. A coffee shoe bun has got fresh cream in it, like a squash, like a sandwich, and it's got yeah. like an icing, sort of coffee icing on it. Go down your local Sainsbury's or Asda or Waitrose, wherever you go, Aldi knowing you, 
Don't have white a, treasure. Go, get a coffee <laughs> shoe bun. C-H-O-U-X, I think it's French. I'll have a coffee shoe bun. Coffee shoe bun. That's just three words you've put together, lad. Is it coffee spread on a shoe? Put in a bun? I can do that. It'll be three fifty. Some Some geezer in a... In a in a greasy spoon and just get a bap, put an old shoe in it and just throw some coffee granules on the top. Here you go, eight quid. <laughs> this bacon's a bit t- a bit tough. Yes. Anyway. That's the yeah. pickups. Have you had any? Just them biscuits, which are very nice. Is that all? I've also picked up a uh, a nice high score. Oh. Hmm. Mm, not interested in that. <laughs> Next. Arcade Victorian insults. Good morrow. Myself and Augustus have been fortuitous enough to have happened upon the carnival that was nerfed last week. Yes, we had a lovely time. What, Phineas? But of course, in our escapades, we're in Newcastle upon Tyne. There were many jollockses who we must malign henceforth with. May I begin with I am James, a crumpled marmalade napkin with his gifts of O-Ray-O's, crumbled delights. And I must second that with a fellow named Neolith 20 to Evensong, the group's mutton shunter who cascaded upon us the delightful waffle. He's still a bit of a cornsnake tickler, though. Yes, Russell of Jimmy Jams, a formidable joystick jangler on Robert, Ronald and Defender, but still a bit of a nimble front shunter in our opinion. Did you also notice how that cat David of Trollnetshire was quite literally whipping posterior at the 1st of Juno? A royal rubber dubster and a rotten pie grabber nonetheless. There was also a fellow who was happy as a skylark, Marcus Happy, I believe. He was a flibber flabbering all over the tune. Lest we forget the bassoon king of Newcastle upon time, Philippus von Maximus. He was there without his podcasting wife and made a giddy goat of himself at the apron of the innkeeper that evening. Such shocking behaviour. Now, on to the shop of baked goods and nab ourselves some oatmeal and chocolate chip confectionery. <laughs> Listener feedback. Right, first one. It's just it's just named Trollnad dot dot dot. Hmm. A huge amount of people rang in to complain that we were using the wrong ROM set due to the fact that I read out the Japanese copyright message on Commando. Oh no, it's just one person. <laughs> Tronads again. I used what was ever on my main PC. It is the world ROM as I looked the other day. But I got the message from the video I watched on YouTube of a 1cc. You know the message at the start telling you in the wrong territory? Yeah. Our team of pedantry experts advise us to start the war against Tronads. Which has an interesting acronym. T-W-O. Oh, yeah, see, yeah. Mm. So, they've got the first one, Frank Flynn. Just wondered if you chaps have seen this website already. Some cool arcade marquees on there. And that's on thisoldgame.com. Yes, we have. Yep, Galloping Ghost used that site. I think a lot of people get their artwork done there, actually. It's a very mm. famous site. So, thank you for that. Had some feedback from Damien Thompson. Thank you. Hi, guys. Heard Vic mention obtaining the elusive mini SD cards for GBA DS flashcards. My solution was one of these micro SD adapters. Just be careful to get the right one. Just lost a memory stick pro duo adapter in a memory stick slot. Eek! Clever use of plectrums like a game of operation, and I rescued a little critter. Thanks for the great work, guys, and always enjoy the podcast and still can't get the common biscuits chewing out of my head. Oh, yeah. That's right. Deserves to be stuck in someone's head. Oops. 
Rich Striker, great choice of game, Commando. No, it wasn't. You're wrong, Rich. Sorry. <laughs> right, we've got some feedback about Go 8-Bit, the Dario O'Brien show. Mick, oh, Orwell, yeah. Mick Orwell started it because it was had 1942 on it, so he thought I'd be interested. Okay. He put, 1942 on Dario Brian's Go 8-Bit, it's hard-watching, clueless celebs playing games badly on TV. What are your thoughts? So I've put... I watched two episodes of the first series and didn't like it at all. As a comedy show, it was barely passable, but for proper gamers, nope. That's what I've put. Mm. Zipper has put, agree with that. I'd like to see a Wayne's World-esque televised 10p arcade podcast instead. That'd be good. Excellent. Where would they get to do that? I don't know. Some some baldy fool and some goth. Probably. <laughs> Charlie Farr is he's put. How did it get a second series? Didn't like the smirky, belittling undertone towards gamers. And aren't they the target audience? Tragic. Mm. Yeah, so Neil 20 to 5 has added. That's too polite. It's blooming awful. Take the 1942 episode. All four players had lost all three lives before reaching the first power-up on level one. Oh, really? Oh, God. And then Brian Hambo 3 has put, it's like a Top Gear with presenters that can't drive and who rubbish old classic cars because of their paltry HP and mechanical suspension. Mm. And then Nick Orwell's fin finished off with, 1942, the woman they had on scored 450 points. She downed seven enemies on the first three planes. I mean, what's the point? And that, that sums it up for me, that show. It's, I think it does kind of take a swipe at gamers somehow. The, the two I saw. Yeah. Do you reckon? Well, my ten pence worth. I really I really do like Dara O'Brien. I've seen him live a few times, just in, in really small venues, and he's he's an absolute professional. He's really good. He he's really quick and he picks up things, especially from the audience, immediately. He's so good at what he does. And mm. he's obviously just a presenter on this. He doesn't write the show, he doesn't, you know, do the research and do the production of it. What I think would be better, I think I've only seen like half an episode. I will watch the nineteen forty two one now, it's been brought to our attention but what i think they should do is is the people who go on it like the celebs and the gamers well the gamers anyway know how to play the game but they should give the celebs an hour beforehand to show them how to play the game probably because these people probably haven't played the game before it was a long time ago they played they're not like us who play them nearly every day mm. and because you know watching someone play a game badly is not entertainment Mm. It's just it's not it's not interesting, is it? But no. watching someone have a good go at something and then a fair go would be more interesting. So yeah, I mean, oh, these guys are nerds, blah, boring. We've we've heard it all before. No, we're we're doing what you were doing as kids, but we're still doing it. Mm. That's all it is. It's not really even a joke. You know, it's just a bit silly. If it's going to be aimed at people like us, you know, retro gamers, we don't want to be belittled. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, I've, I've not really watched it to be honest. I will watch a nineteen forty two episode to see what the, the fuss is all about mm. Mm. I, I won't be I think <laughs> to be no, honest no, it doesn't, it's not the kind of thing that would work as a game show I don't think yeah they added all sorts of it reminded me of the generation game they had all sorts of weird stuff going on at the end of one of the shows I watched it doesn't work I mean if you watch some of the old supercades from America from the mm. 80s they worked really well because the target audience was kids and it was kids playing competition and they would win a massive prize at the end of an actual arcade cabinet. That's when arcade cabinets were still really expensive. You couldn't really buy them as a, as a home user. Mm. So it worked really well because all the kids were actually quite good. and they, they were, It was their the thing they did all the time. Even if they hadn't played the game before, they were still good at games. So it was interesting watching them play. Mm. Yeah. So on to, oh, this is a long one, Graham Stewart. Another great show. As a fairly new listener, 
have started going backwards through the podcast. So far, I'm on podcast 53, and many of my other podcasts have taken a backward seat. Not sure working backwards was a great idea, as when discussing the game, I've already heard the review from the following week. I found myself <laughs> thinking you don't know what you are go- getting with Peter Packrat this week. Ooh. I have now had a cab and not really played an arcade machine for years. Still have fond memories from a child. Always remember our holidays from the 1970s in Menorca. The bars always had a pin. Then this changed to an arcade machine as we got older. Gal- Gallagher Galaxin was one I remember being great. When Mame was mentioned, I thought I'd give it a go. But starting from scratch was a challenge. have managed to get games working and have been using a Logitech controller, but ability-wise I'm struggling. Had out two games of Commando and thought, no, too hard for me. But hopefully, Juno first, he's never heard of it, will be one I can put my first scoring for. Look for me at the bottom. Love the talk about biscuits. Take me back to some old work meetings we had. Each meeting, someone had to bring biscuits and everyone would give a score, which were recorded in a spreadsheet. Sean would be pleased. Mm-hmm. Let's just say I remember the biscuits a lot more than anything else discussed in the meetings and it didn't get competitive. When your boss brings in their nan's homemade biscuits, you have to make sure you have a great score or you would find all the crap jobs coming your way for the next month. Anyway, keep it the good work and look forward to a review of Nurg. Not too far north for someone from Southampton. And how blooming good is Charlie Farr? Watching the Galaxian world record seems becoming a classical piano player was not a sign of misspent youth. No. Benson Brad, listener number four, I believe. Number four. Yeah. Great podcast, Jap. Sorry not had time to leave feedback for the past two or three. Really enjoying these. So to help my nasty commute, especially now with Southern <laughs> Rail... <laughs> <laughs> are running half half a timetable ruining my journey. I believe that's their official name now. Yeah. I've noticed the podcasts have become a bit more slicker of recent. Like a slicky, snaky thing. Or maybe say not. that. No, no, maybe not. Nice comedy skits and sounds. Really good chaps. It just keeps on improving. The Victorian Cockney insult certainly make me laugh. And wow, that 10 pence orchestra return with the Pulp Classic. Very good indeed. I agree. I hope they don't leave it too long a gap before again going forward. When you mentioned Arcadia on the Isle of Wight, you mentioned Arcadia, Isle of Wight, not sure who, who went last there, but now it's shot. They sold off some of the cabs on eBay and some local formites grabbed some too. They reopened down the road with all fruities, coin pushes and a couple of old games. Sega Alien Town Crisis 2, I think. And that's it. Funny Sean mentioned the Pac-Man ticket machine. They had this at the bowling alley I went to last weekend, and the kids wanted me to win them some tickets. I had a play on it, but the joystick really ground as you moved it, so I ended up not being able to move as swiftly as I liked. was nice to play Pac-Man, but it cost £1. Talking of Pac-Man, anyone got a stick and the mountain plates? I need one for my own. I used to like Commando back in the day on the Amiga and also had it on those PlayStation 1 and 2 collections. Capcom did a third one on the Xbox Digital Collection, Commando 3, Wolf of the Battlefield. That's pretty good. Hard music quiz this week. I thought that track and field one was Arkanoid. Sounds very similar. Keep up the good work. Mm. Thanks, Spencer. Thank you. Uh, This is some Facebook feedback for Commando. So the first one's GJ Harris. Love that game. I own the original PCB. Gave to me by Bobby Idod. Game were a bugger first time playing, especially that Spectrum version. It was unforgiving, just like my mate Clint Eastwood. And Bobby Eardot has come back with, hate that game. I owned the original PC, gave it away to Gaza. Game was a bugger every time I played it. Can't say I've even played the Spectrum version either. Whatever happened to Lee Van Cleef, Primus? I don't know what that means. (laughs) Chris Binary Star, classic game. I have the weird German version called Space Invasion. We forgot to mention that. Thank you for that, Chris. That is exactly the same game, but because in Germany, 
they had a ban on any kind of um, killing humans in video games. They yeah. replaced all the soldiers with alien-type things. It's just a very, very slight graphic change, but it's exactly the same game. That's an official version, as far as I know, as well. Did it with Contra as well, didn't they? Oh, wow. So Christopher Ray's Crazy Difficult. He used to play a lot on the Commodore 64 with it auto-fire switched on. And GJ's come back. Just listen to the pod, another good one. You are aware that Sega did a Commando game around 1983, which is a bit of a take on Space Invaders. Uh, GJ Harris has been back on. Just listen to the podcast, another good one. You are aware that Sega did a Commando game about eight in 83 as a bit of a take on Space Invaders. You could also throw in Secret Command on the Master System as a clone. Jolly good too. Mr. Holly, are you heading to play Backpool? Yes, he is. I am, and I was aware of that Commando because it's on a board I've got, one of those game elf boards, and I've played it a bit. It's nowhere near as good as our Commando. Did he just call it Sega Commando? Just Commando. It came out in 1983, so... Yeah, I was aware of it, but completely forgot about it before the podcast. Mm. It's a surprise, really, because when we do our our research, you put in Commando, you think it would come up with Sega Commando. Uh, I didn't do that. Oh, so you just made it all up? Yeah, the research, I made it up that time. Fair enough. (laughs) <laughs> and the last one on this little bit is Sean Tag, the tagster. Listen to the podcast, and it's just brought back memories while I was playing on the Commodore 64, Who Dares Wins. Just read up on it, and Elite stopped the sales of it as it was a blatant copy of Commando. Wow. Ah. And then he's put, Sean's just mentioned it. He must be listening to the podcast that he's typing. He also, Mr. Tagno, tagster, wants me to play more of that I'm a Secretary song to you, Vic. I'm a- yeah, you did it in the car, hey. and I punched you in the chin. You did, and we nearly crashed. So you won't be doing that again in a hurry? No. Uh, Paul, GM Gaiden, wants us to add X Multiply to the listener list. Consider it done, Paul. Good game, that. Well, it looks good. I've had a little go of it. Good game, good game. (laughs) (laughs) um, It's got two wobbly arms on it. Can you see my arms going, listeners? They're very wobbly. And it's like kind of like an R-type, and you use these arms as a weapon, as a shield. It fires bullets. It's quite, quite original different take on the horizontal shooter i may have had that pcb a long time ago it might have been zezex i can't remember it's got lots of x's in it mm. 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 andrew mccabe who dares wins was a brilliant title on the c64 a bit more strategic strategic than commando from what i remember i have to check this one out a lot of people have been saying about that mm. i had it nick 73 another great episode and nice to hear my old pal neil 1637 do the walk around at glasgow nice work fella Love playing Commando, one of my favourites. I was so close to giving up after hitting the 60k wall and level 3, still the best he's ever done. But once I figured a pass for those stupid trucks, I was away. Even then, it was about one good game every 10 attempts. Mm. Never heard of Juno first before, but love it now. Can't believe it was a 1983 game. Seems way ahead of its time with the 8-way movement and enemy variety. Collision detection seems spot on as well, as I could weave my way through bullets like a boss. One of the many reasons I love the podcast is it's me playing games I never even tried otherwise. I've played the same handful of games I used to play in the 80s for years, so it's good to try new things. Looking forward to the next podcast and Nerg. Should really have gone as it's nearest to me, but will definitely make it next year. Mm. Chris CMP, not left feedback for a bit, but I've been able to join in some of the challenges of late as I have the PCB or they're on the 60 in one. Last few episodes have been fantastic, guys. Even when you had to pretend Phoenix was a game worth playing. It's oh, such oh, a good game. Once again, the Tempe Orchestra made me laugh out loud on the train. Whoa, yeah. Commando has always been a favourite of mine. I could play it 
play it on loop on the C64 and would always seek it out in the arcades. My board was playing silly buggers though, so by the time I got to stage three, it was getting pretty unplayable with graphics, glitches and garbage on the screen. Oh, get it fixed, son. Garbage. Do you remember that Spectrum game, Trash Man? Didn't like it. That had garbage. It was rubbish. <laughs> oh, yes. oh yes on to juno first he says and i've really enjoyed it again it's one i played on the c64 but i don't remember it really in the arcades very smooth gameplay fast but not like not crazy like defender and collision detection is spot on and you get a slight benefit of the doubt i felt if you fire at an enemy that's right next to you unlike some games where you die and be shouting but i pressed fire you collision fool. I did find I was pretty inconsistent at it, though, and could easily die early and then have a decent go. Uh, the alternative high score challenge for Wave 1 only just cropped up on Twitter. But we're going to talk about this, yeah. Mm. People were trying to get the highest score they could on level 1 on Juno 1st, and there were some good scores. Mm. And that also made it less annoying to start a new game, having, to lost, your last, having lost your last life, because you can concentrate that on that. Yeah, yeah. Moving swiftly along. Shout out. I'm giving to a new podcast called the Arcade Perfect Podcast with Daz from Retro Domination and that cheeky dingo tagster. Oh, down under. And they're talking about games on consoles and computers and they're trying to find the most perfect arcade version. Where did they get that idea from? Is it us? What kind of podcast might do that as, as a, a segment? Might be us, Vic. Well, I bet they're going to do it better. Maybe. I bet your bottom dollars. They might have done some research and stuff. Really? Anyway, the, f- the first one's Ghouls and Ghosts, so give that a listen, kids. Arcade Perfect Podcast. It's currently on. It actually, it is on iTunes now, isn't it? Oh, it wasn't good. yesterday. I looked mm. and moaned about it because it wasn't on there, but I think it's been put up for uh, recommendation. It's, it's on now. So I'll be listening to that at work tomorrow. I'm going to give one more shout out, actually, it's not on here, to Phil of Maximum Power Up. For, for constantly doing a very bad Geordie accent. I think he was quite offended. Oh, terrible. Because you know, you know me and accents. Mm. So, but I think he's okay. But sorry, Phil. I just I couldn't help myself. Pet. Pet. <laughs> uh, massive shout of my excellent wife. Uh, hugely yes. treating me to things on my birthday and making it a great day. Uh, all the listeners at NERG who were kind enough to tell us they listened and liked our waffling. Yes. Also, our NERG crew, who the Victorian posse of insulters smashed up earlier. Mm. All those guys. Uh, RGP James, obviously, and his crew for maintaining the machines while they insisted on breaking down. James wasn't breaking down. The machines were. Mm. Bloody boss going in, turning into a 2600 version. Idiot. Uh, And also, obviously, Big Phil and all his merry helpers for laying on the fifth NERG. Long may it continue. I second that, yeah. Awesome as ever. We love it. Mm-hmm. Tech tips. Okay, I'll leave this one to you, Mr. Tech Tip. I have been hard at work. I know you you do all the tech tips. I'm normally the gamer. I've run out. Do- I've run out of tech tips. Unless there's something that, I'm gonna, that comes across me, uh, I have really ran out of things to do, really. Well, listen to this. You might learn some that, right? Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll keep quiet. <laughs> this is making a jam adapter. A jam right? adapter? A jam adapter. I've read about this. As we all know, most games produced in the Bronze Age and Golden Age of the arcades are dozens of different wiring configurations. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until 1985 when Japan, very upset with the constant rewiring of machines inside to match some other boards, created the jam standard, whereby... 
all PCBs could talk to all arcade machines forever without blowing up. Mm. All that, and it. They were there. There were other challenges to the Jam Standards Throne, such as the 1996 JLS standard created by the North London pop group of the same name. Mm. But Jam lives on even today. How cool is that? Kids. So, right here we go. You ready? Mm. I just let me, <laughs> me, well, let me get my notepad a minute. I mean, get your notepad. Go on. So. A good jam has a soft, even consistency without distinct pieces of fruit, a bright colour, a good fruit flavour, and a semi gelid texture that is easy to spread and has no free liquid. Very just important. Just a minute, let me just write the semi gelid texture. Go on. <laughs> yep, yep, okay. Bearing that in mind, it is essential, essential to pick the right jam for your game. And I can offer some helpful advice on this matter. Let me give you an example of my favourite game, 1942, made by Capcom in 1984. If you plug this into your modern arcade cabinet as is, the machine would blow up into pieces and glass from the exploding monitor would slice off both your ears, probably if you were standing in front of it, maybe. More than likely. Yeah, you, you need your ears, don't you? What yeah. you do to prevent this calamity is to take a large butter knife and spread a thin layer of strawberry jam onto your PCB connecting pins before inserting the board into the cab. Switch on, go around to the front bit where all the buttons and the sticks are on that lot, and play away to your heart's content. Strawberry jam. Strawberry. <laughs> yeah. Always use strawberry jam on shoot 'em ups. There are two exceptions to this rule. Exevious and Exerion. I don't know why you use Raspberry Jam on them. Might be something to do with the X in the title. I'm not it's, sure. It's probably to do with the voltages. Could be. Could be. Also, use Raspberry Jam on early platformers such as Donkey Kong, Mappy, and Rock and Rope. Any other type slows down the game and makes jumping difficult. Mm. Use a good quality blueberry preserve on maze games such as Pac Man, Miss Pac Man, and Lock and Chase because you won't want to get stuck on them corners, would you now? Stuck on the corner. <laughs> For maze shoot 'em up, so you've got a maze and a shoot 'em up, such as Berserk, you've got a mixed jam. So mix strawberry and blueberry together before applying to the board. It doesn't taste great, but it does the job. It's getting a bit complicated now. Let me just write this down a second. Uh, it's all written down in the notes, Vic. Yeah, but I, just... I, want, I want this on my, on my arcade notes. So next time I'm in the garage, I know what to do. Copy and paste. Mm. Right, okay, not exactly a jam, but marmalade really helps you slip round corners on early races like pole positioning. Hang on. There's lots of others to discuss, actually, and some oddballs. Did you know Qbert needs a good apple chutney? Oh, I've never had that, so I don't know. No. And I'm working on a spreadsheet to list some more, but it may take a while, anyway. One final word, with the exception of shoot 'em ups this is entirely open to experimentation, so stock up on jam types and get them motherboards all stick it up. The end. I have questions. You do? <laughs> Are there any bootlegs that use Nutella? Not that I'm aware of. I'm sure I had a board once and needed a few more lumps of fruit to get the game booting. Could be. Uh, do the jam yeah. pots have fruit ratings for the games? I'm pretty sure that Pole Position needs two pots of jam. It it's depends a big board, on... isn't it? It's a big board. Well, Pole Position 2 needs two pots of jam because ah, it's a two. Just a minute, just a minute. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay. So there you go, kids. Butter knife, jam, PCB. Everyone's a winner. For the love of everything that is sacred, don't do anything Sean has just said. You have been warned. Top 100 arcade games. We need to do something else with these when we get to the end. Not mm. sure yet, but we'll sort of go through them in more detail, I reckon. So, give me your next five, sir. 
Yes, I've gone back through some of our old podcasts. Uh, some of these are from our, some of our old podcasts. Uh-huh, uh-huh, Tetris, uh-huh. Tetris, you mentioned last week. The original one. Atari Tetris. Yeah, the 1988 Atari Tetris. Yep. Se- Sega did an arcade one as well, didn't they? Uh, yeah, there's loads of different versions of Tetris come out, actually. There's some more modern ones, the Grandmasters on more modern hardware and all sorts of stuff. Mm, I think Sega did one at roughly the same time as Atari. Mm. Anyway, Terra Cresta, Sun Sun Sun, Raiden 2, Sunset Riders. I know you don't like Sunset Riders. No, I absolutely abhor that game. I think it's a classy scrolling shoot it's really well done full of humor anyway i'm going to pick sun sun okay that was a great think, game we really enjoyed that one didn't we it's very underrated it's a it scrolls four scrolling left to right or is it right to left left Normal to right scroll. left, left to, right, to right yeah and you're just a little guy jumping on platforms it's a little shoot guy as well yeah it's based on some chinese legend about going to the west yeah it's, that's the monkey story remember monkey yeah. magic yeah. It's based on uh, Journey to the West. And you, you just go along the level, shooting all the, these attack formations that come in, picking up all the little bits of fruit. Loads of, uh, loads of secrets in it. Yeah, you need yeah. a jam adapter for this. You do. It's on Capcom, yeah. You get like a little castle turret thing at the end, you kill that and get on to the next level. It's a really good game, and I know Trollnabs was excellent at this. You were quite good. I think you beat me. I, I, I like, it's one I want to go back to. I thought it, was it was one of your early clever. ones you did with me, wasn't it? Sunson? Yeah, and great it's, little game. It is Capcom, isn't it? It's a Capcom. Yes, and Sun Sun Two, you can get on the NES, I think, on the PC Engine as well. That's a good little early, game. Early Capcom, I know they went on to Street Fighter and stuff, but they're just quality early Capcom games. All of them are awesome, but a lot of them were very difficult. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Go so on, what's your five? My Vic? next five are New Rally X, not the normal Rally X. New mm. Rally X. It's a much better game. Ladybug, Raiden. Ride in two, obviously, uh, and Space Invaders. Uh, what should we talk about? I talked about all of these loads of time before. Uh, mm. Let's talk about Ladybug. I know you hate it. That's why I'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Really enjoyed Ladybug. Uh, when Mr. Tronads came to visit, we were doing it at the time. He came to visit me, and we played it on the sixteen one, and we got really competitive. I just pipped him to the post, and when we actually put the scores, and he beat me. The sod. Uh, but he did a really good score on it, and I've got a Ladybug wall mount, which took me nearly two years to get into the UK from Germany, and I play it quite a bit now. I actually did some work on the joystick the other day, and I've got to do some else to it, and I've actually put a little high score kit on there. You just change, I think you needed to change two EPROMs, which a, a lovely UK VAC user did for me, or he sent me the ROMs for it, slightly modified ROMs, and you put a, a Dallas chip in place of one of the RAM chips, and it remembers stuff on that chip. It's like a RAM chip that remembers when you have to power off. And I've got a, a, um, a high score kit on there now. But I absolutely love that game. I think I played it in, as a kid, and I didn't really know the rules to the game. It's one of those games you got to work out you know, what to get first to get the multipliers going, and then you get the yellow letters and the red letters for the points, and get the thing in the middle. And it's just a really great little game. And when you learn how to play it, it just plays really well, and it really hots up the action. Great game. Yeah, so I just didn't, as you know, I just did not gel with it at all. It just, well, it I don't know, sometimes, doesn't it? didn't like it. Idiot. <laughs> okay, we have, instead of a music quiz this week, because uh, I'm sulking, I only got two out of five last week. Yeah. Last time. Uh, we have music for your listening pleasure, like we did in the old days. Oh. Uh, I came across this, a new forum user, it's just turned up on the UK back forum, called Alonguet. 
not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but O-L-O-N-G-U-E-T, Alongate. 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 He is Ollie, the banjo guy on YouTube, and he's based in Galway, Ireland, and does some wonderful banjo, stroke loop, stroke weird Irish kind of bagpipe kind of thing, arcade music covers, and here's a beautiful Ghosts and Goblins banjo right up. <laughs> His YouTube channel is linked in our show notes, so sprint right over there right now. Give him some likes and love immediately. Ooh. I was listening to a bunch of these last night while writing some of the drivel that is this show. Uh, and we'll be playing as many of these over the next load of shows as he'll allow us to. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Banjo Guy. Awesome. Featured game review. Featured game this Fortnite is Juno first Konami in 1983 licensed to Gottlieb for US distribution and Milestar maybe mm-hmm. there's some Milestar flyers okay a Milestar and Gottlieb same company I am not sure they have something to do with each other yes yeah eight way stick two buttons fire and warp it's VSEU Vic <laughs> who know first it's a vertically scrolling shut him up it is and it is powered by 6809 CPU which I believe is inside the NES. Uh, it's got a Z80 and an 8039 CPU. How many processors? Oh, three processors. Also, as a good old AY38910 for sounds and all that malarkey. 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 Is it four or five little lines to describe the game? I love, I love 
instructions on flyers are great. They've got to get them in four lines, otherwise we can't yeah. have it. Yeah, you can't be able to read it. The first one, control the joystick to dodge the attacking aliens. Shoot them with laser beam. Right, on first glimpse, this looks like your standard shooter mode with a sparse pseudo 3D playfield grid made out of dots. Then you can f- find, you can scroll the playfield from left to right a bit, speed up, slow down, and even reverse. That's so mm. different. The aliens appear as, as dots on the horizon and then gain in size and detail as they travel down the grid toward you. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> Then the flyer says, survived aliens change into more powerful aliens and then into UFOs. UFOs move more quickly and attack fiercely. The warp button will save you in case of emergency. So it's fairly easy to destroy all the bad guys on the first two levels. From level three onwards, however, the enemies start to spit out homing mines, which can be hard to dodge. Reversing under them and past them can help. Mines get destroyed if they hit your rocket burner at the base of your ship. If you get in a tricky situation, you can hit the warp button. This destroys all mines on screen and causes you to disappear for a bit and then reappear for, again a couple of seconds later. Mm-hmm. So you like warp out and warp in. Warp, 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 warp. Warp. When you shoot a space capsule, an enemy astronaut comes out. Capture them for bonus points. So that is, once per level, a mini moon floats into view. That's no moon. Shoot that and then collect the astronaut. The screen takes on a red tint and all baddies shot during this bonus time rack up extra points. Multipliers of 200, so you get 1,000. Next one's 1,200, next one's 14. And it goes up to 3,200. Dependent on level, yeah. We'll talk about that in the mm. scores. Also, the enemies do not fire during this time. so Which is a nice respite, isn't it? Yeah, I was actually using that to, to get some of the harder baddies. You know, I wasn't going for points on some of this like later levels to complete a phase beat all enemies the remaining time becomes the bonus points in some levels the aliens attack randomly in others they attack in a specific formation you normally have enough time to complete the level that yeah the remaining time you can do it in half the time it says yeah i have let the time tick down yeah what happened i did wonder about this did you just blow up just explode yeah oh okay so you do die and here it is summed up on starcade Space, the final frontier, a battlefield of man against alien. Everything is your enemy, even time. Destroy all aliens before time runs out and a bonus is yours. But fail to do so and they change into even more powerful UFOs. Use your laser beam on the enemy space capsules and then capture escaping astronauts. It's the first day of a new era and perhaps it's last. It's up to you in Juno 1st. Play tips and secrets. One extended press of the fire button lets off five bullets, so you don't have to mash the fire button if you don't want to. I like mash, especially potato mash. Mm, I ended up mashing the button, which is more fun. Mm, Hang mash. around on the first two levels without killing out and shoot the planet at 80 seconds. It's 80 seconds when the planet appears. Okay. Scoop up the bonus points. Mm, is that every wave it comes on 80 seconds? Yeah, and it also okay. comes. It starts in the middle and drops down to the left. And if you're not able to collect it, a few seconds later, well, maybe 20 seconds later, it'll appear again and then drop down to the right. Oh, okay. I think it comes twice, actually. Try not to get hemmed into the side of the screen by mines. If you do, whack that baby in reverse and move back into the centre of the screen like a bowls. Anyway. Why does a man come out of a moon? Because... Juno first, that's why. Why is it called Juno first? What the hell kind of name is that? Nobody knows. 
Anyway, it's a cool name. You get three three warps to use per level, not per life. So make use of them. Mm-hmm. You, you, I've started using them more readily instead of just waiting until the last second. You know, you sort of get to anticipate when you're going to get crammed in a corner, so use one then. Yeah, I call that warp button the get you out the shit button. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Try to stay in the middle of the screen as much as possible. Don't keep reversing or thrusting forwards for too long as you will get caught. In other words, keep changing direction and speed. That's the key to it, I think. I do did notice if you keep sort of going in one direction, they do know where to shoot and you're going to be hitting that bullet. So you, mm. it's wise to... But I, I do, after like level four, I do go in reverse quite a bit because you've got to shoot the silly mines. And the easiest way mm. to shoot them is just keep travelling backwards, line them up, and just take them out in the middle. But you don't have to, you don't have to shoot all of them. If you sort of go under and then accelerate off, they don't come back. Yeah, they, you, can, you can scroll them off the bottom of the screen. Mm. And also, I think the bullets, as well as the mines, after a while they just disappear, they go away. Yeah. So sometimes mm. they're not much of a problem, but when they do hem you in, you know, you've got to smash that old, uh, the old warpy button. Mm. An extra life is awarded every 100,000 points, the tight wads. That's about, that's about fair, I think. About fair. Harumph. Harumph. Graphics and sound. I've put some swear in here. I've put cool as F. Yes. Ferry Williams, known as the vertical defender in some circles for good reason. Exactly Great that. sounds. Great sounds. Fantastic explosion effects. Love the reverse front to graphics on the front of the ship. It's, it is very defenderish, and it's the sounds are so cool and alien, and the graphics are just quite sharp. It not sounds a lot like they water, I thought. Right. The sort of little tweaks, and it might just be the 16-1 board, but the little tweaks and sort of little bleeps they make. Sounds like they're sort of underwater. That thruster, the reverse thruster on the front of the ship, that is handy for burning down the house! <laughs> oh, sorry. I meant picking off baddies. If they touch the thruster, they die, don't they? Mm. Burning down the house! <laughs> Scoring. What's this scoring table you've pasted in there? Vic? This is a scoring table for the uh, the bonus level. When well, not the bonus level. When you get the the little man who comes out of the moon. This is what happens on waves one to four. If you capture the enemy astronaut, you get eight hundred, eight hundred, and sixteen hundred for one, two, three, and four. And then the first aliens on level one is 400, and it goes up by 200 points every single time. But by the time yeah. you get to level 15, they start at 3,200 points. And I think they stay that. So they must or they is do. It, yeah. all 3,000. So that's how you, your points really rack up as you get through the levels. Yeah. Because they multiply loads. Because on the first few levels, you're not get, you don't get very many. But when you start get to level four or five or whatever... They start on a high percentage, not on just like 400. And obviously, the more you get, the higher they get. So you're getting like a couple of thousand points each alien you're killing. And you can kill 20 or 30 aliens in that time, can't you? You get what, 10 seconds, is it, you get? It's somewhat like that, isn't it? It's not yeah. very long. Mm. It's so awesome. The scoring. Oh, my Lord. There's millions of them. We're going to write There's really loads of out. players. There's tons of players. Oh, my God. We've got to read right. all this lot out. Yeah, go for it quickly. Andrew Driver, 57,000. Retromash, 61,000. He's put, much prefer it over Phoenix. What doesn't know what he's talking about? Chris, CMP Jr., little CMP. Tiddly, tiddly, tiny. He's only had three goes, Chris says, but and I've had to ban him because he's improving too quickly. <laughs> Connor Malloy, 
89,000. Getting sweaty and anxious now. Time for a break. Stacy King, 90,000. Still back to Nier Automator for some robot weirdness. That's that new PS4 game. No idea. Don't know what that is. It's no. just, it looks quite good. No. Carl Parry, 98,000. Mark Clayton, 99,000. Ross, Ross, Ross. Good to see you back, Ross, baby. Love the speed of this. Your ship moves so well. Don't know how I missed this one. 10 pence podcast keeps on giving. I like him. You can have it. Paul McCaskey, 115,000. Keith Sheehan, 119. Rowley Retro, 120. Rob Player Missile, 121. First time I've got an extra life he's put. A good score for a bad player, but lower than a bad score from you good players. Mm, yeah. It's good, that. Graham Stewart is on 137,000. The intro music reminds me of Flash Gordon. It's just a couple of notes. It's like... Uh, 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 it may be not. It's not like a naked car. <laughs> Tactical genius, 147,000. Ben of Steel. 152. More addictive than crack-filled custard creams. Another unknown added to the favourites list. They're your favourite biscuits, they are. He is Jimmy. He's also got 152. Scored at Nerg. Well done, Jimmy. Neil, 20 to 5, 158. I'm glad Mr. I beat him. Mr. Marland, 163, 500. Yeah. Um, I got to stage 8, or maybe 9. I think it was 8. Mm. And I just couldn't progress. I can get to 8 every single go. And can't get over that hump. I just keep getting hemmed in and shot to death. There is a technique to it, yeah. Yeah, I just... It's a great game, but I was playing it early today and I wasn't in the best of moods anyway. <laughs> and I just... I didn't even rage quit. I was like, I'm not playing this. I can't be bothered. I went inside and just laid face down on the floor and cried for a bit. Right, planking. That's called planking, isn't it? Laying face down on the floor. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, bit mm. of planking. So I, wa- I wanted to get 200,000, but no, sadly not. Carry on! Carry on! Chris CMP himself, 168,000. What a great game. Not like that rubbish Phoenix. Oh, oh, it stings. It stings. Oh, I felt that right me side then. Oh, mm. right me ribcage. Nick, 73, 174,000. Never heard of it before, but a great game. Everyone loves this, you know. Yeah, it's good. Keith Beasting, who's Swiss Tony, I think, on the forums, 193,000. As we've been recording this... He's posted a score on Twitter of 570, but it's a bit late. Yeah, he's not having that. <laughs> Rich Chunks. We in. are cruel taskmasters here. 194,000. Great game choice. Nice one, sir. Good score. Ian Cullen, 251k. Thanks for the game choice. Loving it so far. People are loving this. It's an, it's an unknown gem. Mm, it's not that good. Steve, <laughs> Steve Tyke, 259,000. He's put learning the game a bit more. Those warps seem the key. They yeah, use them all. Use them all. Yeah. You get Crispin. three every single time, every level, so use them all. Yeah, if you die on the same level, you don't get your warps back. It's three per level. Okay. It's important, that. Chris Moon, Chris the Bootleg, 261. Mick Orwell, 274. Some easy point scabbing on the first two waves. Just wait around for the spaceman and then clean up. Spaceman! Yeah. Is that how it goes? Yeah, it was I only was the discussing first, that the other day. It was only the first 20 seconds of that song that's any good, and that's yeah. sped up. But, me and wife, yeah. funnily enough, me and wife were talking about this the other day, and said, oh, what happened to, whatever happened to Jazz Man, the geezer who, who was behind that song? Yeah. And I thought, oh, he's probably living in a bin somewhere. He went <laughs> on to be a very famous um, film and, and TV producer. Did he? So, yeah, he's done really well. So, well done, Jazz. Did he invent Jazz hands? I think so. 
<laughs> Maybe. Russ J at Nerg last weekend, 343,000. He pulled that one out of the bag. Russell of James? Yes. Sol, guy called Sol, thanks for playing. 391,000. He's put... Has anyone been daft enough to try Juno first on eight difficulty? I haven't actually. Ooh, have you? Sol mentioned us on his blog. Thank you very much, Sol. I need to read that. Yes. Tagster the cheeky cheeky dingo. Four hundred and twenty-one thousand. Leslie Doctor Dean has took a break from repairing Coleco Visions and has got four hundred and sixty-seven thousand. What is a Coleco Vision? It's like a Coleco Vision. Oh, no okay. Other. Yeah, yeah. Idiot. Mm. <laughs> Nick Silver Smurfer, 480,000. Hate the swarming bee Deathbringers, but I love the game. Great Death choice. Deathbringers! Swarming Deathbringers. That's my new favourite band. Is it? Yeah. Swarming Deathbringers! It's got to have Hate Beak singing as well. Definitely. It? Now we're in the Millionaire Club. Uh-oh. The Millionaire Club. You roll the score, the score's rolled now. Blimey, so Charlie. Mark Happy Dude has done fantastically well with 1.3 million. Oh, God. Troll Nads, 1.7 million. Great score. Me in second place, 1,957,000. Christ. Round 73, I got to. Why? It, it just Did you not get bored of it by then? Well, I, I played it at Nerg last Sunday, and then I did not play it again until this Saturday. So I left it for a week because it's been busy and tired. Mm-hmm. So I've played it like hell yesterday and t- today just to try and boost me score and then it clicks and all of a sudden you find yourself able to predict where the mines are going and dodging the bullets and it, it just flows it's fantastic no charlie charlie far was only a bit ahead of me actually two million one hundred and sixty one thousand nine hundred and fifty he got to round 74 and i got to round 73 so i'm very pleased with that why well, don't charlie far as normal i think that is a, a poor show on your behalf why you should have beaten him I, I didn't have enough time. You're fired. Get out. If he put his mind to it, he'd get four million. He I, said he had two goes. I do know someone who can beat all those scores. Yeah. A friend of mine, Greg Mott, uh, Robot Greg on the UK VAC forums, he could regularly get three million in that game. It just clicked with him. But he's been a bit off the grid lately. I think he's more into pinballs nowadays. Uh, and he would have beaten you lot easily. He would. Yeah. I'm not sure what the world world record is. By Jingo. The world record is 78,888,980 points. Yeah, but we were playing on the Twin Galaxy settings, which is difficulty one, but not the Orcade settings, which is difficulty six. Oh, I, might, I might try that. I bet it halves your score, I bet. Mine was on six on my 61, because I think it's a standard setting on there. Mm-hmm. And I could only get like forty to 50,000 points. Right. And I can regularly get 160-odd uh, on these levels. So yeah, didn't really didn't really glue with me really. I sort of got a bit bored of it actually. Oh, I got a bit then. bored of not getting any further than I wanted to. If, if truth be told, yeah, you have like a few, like Commander. You can have three crap games and then you can have one really good game where you're flying on it. You know that wasn't me. I was having the same game over and over again. I was constantly getting 150, 160,000 level eight all the time. Level eight was the massive hump I just could not get over. Oh, Do you know. I've got to thank somebody, actually. I've got to thank the Broken Token guys, Brent and Whitney, because when I put their podcast on, you know I don't have the sound on games after a first few hours because yeah. I get bored of them. You're I weird. put their podcast yeah. on, listened to them, zoned out. Talking about the, birds. Uh, talking about the Skyskipper one and the Seven Fried, Seven Fried Game Room X for that one. Yeah. And I, I managed to get 900,000 listening to them, so I thought, right, I'm on a roll. So I put the next 
the podcast on previous to that. <laughs> and, to and their that. podcasts are regularly five hours long, so you had lots yeah. of time to play. Yeah, Four hours, yeah. So thanks, guys. I think you've helped me out there. Hmm. Yeah, the 10 pence high score league table, by the way. Check this out, kids. Hmm. Charlie Farr, obviously, is still number one with 94 points, despite having only played 11 of the 12 games. I'm second, Tagster's third, so it's doing well, that. I'm about 12th, I expect. I don't, I've not put all the scores in, but I will do by the time Meh. podcast is at. Mm-hmm. And we also had our listeners created their own maximum score on first level score sub challenge. How dare che- they? Cheeky listeners. Get the Victorians <laughs> on their ass. Chris Moon Crest the Bootleg somehow got 43,200 on the first level. I did eventually get 35. I but get, 43. I get 30, I think. My best was about 30. But I wasn't really noticing. About mm. 30, I reckon. It's not something I really go for because you can rack up when you get the 3,200 points later on. It's worth going for them, you know, mm. instead of messing around on the early levels. Get them yeah, out of the way. And it does get easier. You clear all 16 levels. It goes back to level one and it is easier. So you've got three or four levels to rack up your points again. Mm. As, so, and it, I think after the second loop, so you're on 16, 32, you're on level 33. I don't think it gets any harder. Okay, I didn't like get anywhere near that, so I don't know. I think it's just kind of reactions and staying alert after that. Mm. Uh, cabinet art, there is some. Nice. They're nice. The, the machine they had, one of James RGPs at NERG, was lovely. Mm. Uh, it's a big blue machine. I think it's similar to a another Gottlieb game. I can't remember. It's... Mm. I've got a feeling Cuba is a very similar shape to that, is it? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Anyway, this is a blue cabinet. It's painted blue on the sides. And the artwork is like in yellow and orange. And it's done sort of perspective writing, you know, sort of thick letters, if you know what I mean. And there's loads of dots behind it. And there's some really simple spaceships and some explosions. Really sort of kiddified, very simple. And it looks like it's done with a template. It's just spray Mm. with a template. On the front of it, you've got Juno first in that, that really cool writing again. It's a double coin door, top and bottom coin door. And on the control panel, you've got like a blue background with lots of red red dots on it. So it sort of simulates the screen, the 3D perspective screen you play on. Mm. And it's some really nice bezel artwork around it in blue as well. And the marquee is the same sort of thing as the front of the cab. It's quite a nice little cab, isn't it? The only thing it I do nice, not yeah. like about the cab, the original cabinet is the, the thrust, sorry, the, the fire button and the warp button are really far apart. Yes, exactly. So you've got to use like your, your index finger for your fire button if you're right-handed, or left-handed, I suppose, and your thumb, you've got to sort of tap it with your thumb to hit, mm. the, th- to hit the warp button. And I kept missing it. I like the buttons to be very close together. So your home cab would have had the buttons together, and mine were as well. But the original cabinet, they're quite far apart. But I suppose if you know what you're doing, you sort of do it like that. You sort of shake it with your hand, if you know what I mean. Or whack it like asteroids. You just panic and whack the middle hyperspace button in asteroids. Yeah, that's too slow normally. By the time you've got your hand up to whack it, you're dead. Dead, did, 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 did. Well, I was, I was playing on my Raspberry Pi with the Hori stick. Ah, but and what I jam were you using for the jam adapter? Shoot 'em up strawberry. Of course, yeah. I'll, I'll refer to my notes. Yeah, yeah. Check it, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be useful, and that. I went to my little bar top, 60 and 1, on there. And the buttons are a lot closer together, and the, the stick's looser than the hoary one. I think it's just actually a bit worn out. But it was, I played a lot better on that. Oh, nice one. Yeah. So I, was, I played mostly on that, actually. There's a bit of trivia for this game as well. The game, the game only has 16 distinct waves, as we spoke oh, about. Oh, yeah. 
the score rolls over at one million points. Easy. <laughs> no problem. It's a really nice feeling when you roll a score, isn't it? I can only do it on mm-hmm. one game, I think. Kicker. It's the only game cool. I can roll over a million on. I can do it six times over, but I mean, it's really nice when you see that nine, 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 and it jumps to zero again. Yeah. But on Kicker, especially, when you finish and put your name in, it does add the millions on the end of it. Right. But this one doesn't, does it? It's kind of saying that that the, the developers are saying there's no no way we're going to get a million. We're not. No one's going to get a million. Mm. We're not adding a seventh digit on here. Yeah. And then you do, and it's it's like you've beaten the game. But it? you know, there's two things about the high score table I've got to talk about. Actually, you know that someone's got a high score. Say it was like a hundred thousand, one point one million. It'd be like one point one million. It'd be like level fifty six or something. So you know they've got really far. But yeah. here's an answer to CNP's thing I, I spoke to about on Twitter. He'll know what he's talking about. Is he had a high score, and on 61 board, and next to the high score was level 2. Mm. There's no way you could get that score on level 2. But what happens on the 61 is the 61 remembers the, the top high score, the number one high score, but it doesn't remember initials. And I think on that particular game, it resets that particular part of the level to 2. That's what mine's done. Yes, I wonder what that that's was. That's why. So if you got what was your score again? One two point nine million. million. You would have just seen nine hundred thousand on level two, which is impossible. Right, I've just switched it off. So if I, it, it kept it, it kept level seventy three while it was switched on. Yes. Now when you but turn it's... it on, I have level two on it. That's how right. it works. So I, I noticed it on mine the other day. Right. There you go. Ooh. More trivia. There is a dip switch to give you 256 lives. Konami did this on a lot of games. Turtles, I think you can get 99 lives, or maybe 256. Scramble can as well. I wonder if this was a precursor to the Konami code. Could be. And I think this is maybe what um, one of our listeners used. Yeah. Drone <laughs> I'll edit that bit out. Yeah. Uh, the film, Juno, starring Ellen Page, is named after Juno first. And I am for shiz up the spur. Great. Uh, the song Juno by Funeral for a Friend is about Juno first. Brilliant. Fake news. That gives me an idea. Uh-oh. Oh, my God. I can hear and see the cog go around in your tiny little head Oh, right it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> so, on to ports and sequels and the legacy of this game. It came out on the Commodore 64. The Atari 8-bits. I'm sure I've played that. Uh, the Atari 2600 homebrew version, which is quite good. And Xbox 360 game room. Because a lot of the games came out on the, on the game room. You could download, didn't they? Yeah. So, that's pretty good. Overall thoughts. Uh, maybe some improvements we could go for. I'm going to... I'm going to say this game is cool as hell, and I love it. Everything is cool. The name is cool. The graphics are cool. The sound's cool. The gameplay's cool. But I'd like to see a thousand-point bonus for every unused warp remaining at the end of each level. That'd be cool. Yeah, good idea. And also some sort of challenge stage. Not not the formation stages, but a challenge stage every three or four levels to break it up. I don't know, shoot all the baddies before they go off the screen or something like, like that. Or- like Galaga. Or, yeah, Gallagher. get the man in the moon, if you believe there's a man in the moon. Do you believe? Oh, what's the next line? Something about soon. Something about soup. Go on. About a buffoon. Yeah. Yeah, you could collect the man in the moon and then try and shoot all the, all the baddies and get a massive bonus for that. Something like that. Be nice. Yeah, it would split it up a little bit, wouldn't it? Mm. 
But I, I love this game. I think it is absolutely fantastic. And I know Alex Nintendo Arcade, every oh. so often, would have a chat and he'd say, you need to try Juno first. I says, yeah, well, I'll get around to it. And I never did, because he loves it. Talking about that fellow, when mm-hmm. I saw him the other day, he didn't get a chance to get a score in, but on the bar top that I made him years ago, that now my son has, mm-hmm. uh, there's a 450,000 point um, saved on there. So he's quite good at it as well. Right. I bet he could beat that easy if he played it a bit more. Yeah. Uh, my thoughts, not, yeah. not as quite enamoured with it as you are, but it is a very good game. And I'm not very good at it, but it's one of those games I still like playing, even though I'm not very good at it. And I haven't gained any ground since playing it much more in the last two weeks. It is miles better than Defender, due to being easier to get into, and the controls are way easier. I've said it. Sue me. <laughs> It's way better than Defender because Defender yeah. is just stupidly hard. And it, even though the, the controls you do get used to, and I've been used to since I was a kid, they're not the easiest, are they? No. You've really they're... got to coordinate your left and right hand together to, to get maximum use out of it, where this is just a joystick. Easy. Mm. The only thing that would improve it is a hammering good tune, similar to Gyrus, in stereo. Yeah, that'd be good as some the game's good, playing. Some good guitars as you're playing and some you mm. know, the loud explosions that go with it would be really good. What about that Creeper band that you like? Do they do any sort of... Or is it all sort of very depressing? No, no, the Creeper are sort of... Um, go listen to Creeper, they're good. They're not the kind mm. of band you'd think I'd listen to. They're, they're, I saw them when they supported Funeral for a Friend last year. Mm. And they've been get, coming on leaps and bounds, so they're doing really well at the moment. Yeah, they're really good, though. Oh, yes. So that's it. Thumbs up from both of us, really. And a lot of the listeners who never played it before are really taken with it as well. Great game. Underrated, I think. Yeah. Sort of missed. Lost in the mists of time. Rather like Bosconian for a lot of people. They didn't yeah. really notice that one too much. So there's so many good games out there. Lots of people don't know anything about. We hope to find them for you. Yes, and then play them. Mm. Home computer and console arcade ports. This is my little section because you never do it. <laughs> Get your Raspberry Pi sorted out and do it, young man. I mean, only play arcade, I've told you. Everything else yeah, is These are arcades, but they're... Home, home versions. So, so they're not as, not as good. So, apparently, another podcast is doing this now. Yes. So I'm going to be listening to them as well. I'll hand the baton over to them. <laughs> uh, this particular one is just for the Pi Factory podcast guys, Sean and Jim. Seeing as they love 1942 so much, they could not say enough nice things about it. Uh, I've decided to have a look at the NES version of the classic shmup. I played yes. this on a Raspberry Pi earlier. Yes. Didn't need any jam because it was a Raspberry Pi emulator. Oh, good. good. For a start, it's orientated wrong. 1942 is a vertical game, and of course, the NES is to play it on a standard TV, and you shouldn't have to lie down to play it. Mm-hmm. A lot of games use the right-hand third of the screen for scores and info, etc., and use the other two-thirds of the, for the play area. This makes the game nearly correct. Not on the NES fight in 1942. It just seems too wide. The game seems too wide. Rather like some of the later 1942 sequels that were horizontal games. I think 1944, yeah. 1945, and the 19XX games were like that. It just mm. too wide. The NES version is mind-numbingly slow, too. Probably because of the amount of sprites on the screen at once. It also flickers quite badly as well, which is never good to look at for prolonged periods. Turns your eyes square. My mum told me that. So it's got to mm. be true. You need your eyes. Mum mm. speak truth. Absolutely. The colours are the normal Ness muddy type taken from a farmyard palette. 
All the usual play elements are there, and for that, it's reasonably accurate. But the planes do take incredibly cheap shots, even they're very close. And I don't really notice that on the original arcade game. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably because you sort of stay away from them more, I don't know. But this, it's mm. just like wading through treacle, this game's slow. The sounds in this are way more great in the arcade, uh, which is hard to believe, I know. <laughs> that Even you doing that on a loop is not too bad, but the NES one's way worse. Uh, But it does have some pleasant ditties in between, like when you do a level and stuff. For the purpose of this mini console review, I did have a quick stab at 1943 on the NES. Now, it's better than 1942. There, I've said that as well. And it's a bit different. On 1943, you can choose how to power up your plane with a set number of points at the start of the game, rather like Gradius or Parodius. Yeah. You know, the later, later Gradius games. Not because of the design of the game, because of the pace and the sounds in 1943. If they'd used this engine or the code from 1943 to program 1942, they'd done a champion job of it. Because they didn't, it's poop. Not very yeah. good at all. Uh, can we get an arcade accurate homebrew version, please, from some of the programmers out there? Uh, mm. If you wanted to play a good vertical shooter on the NES, go and play Star Force, Zanak. B-Wings, Terracrester, Image Fight, or Guardian Legends. There's loads on the NES if you just look. I've played Zanak, that's good. It's a good game, isn't it? It's mm. so eat. But those games, a similar type of style games, but way faster and just more fun. 1942 is just really drab on the NES. Not very good at all. And the NES had some really, really good arcade ports, so it's a bit unfortunate, that one. Oh, not to so, worry. So, Sean and Jimmy, don't even bother playing that one. You won't like it. <laughs> Next show's game. The end of the show with next show's game. Next show may be late. It may be on time because I'm going on holiday while we usually record. I'll be in the south of France and I won't be thinking about arcade games at all. Well, I will. I will, won't I? I'll be thinking about them. <laughs> yeah. But I won't be playing yeah, yeah. I'll be playing my. I'll be playing by the pool. I'll be playing my Switch, I expect. Yeah. There's, there's a, a game I've got to rescue some princesses and stuff. Are you playing that one about the, the cartoon rabbit from Beatrix Potter? What's it called? The rabbit one. Thumper. Thumper? Yeah. I will be playing Thumper. It has got no rabbits in it. It's got a big silver beetle. Oh. Mm. Oh, well. Anyway, mm. next show's game. For two weeks' time, I'm going to pick Fantasy Zone 2. Right. By Sega. You ever played it? Nope. It's cutesy... Horizontal shoot 'em up. Oh, at least it's a shooter. I like shooting. Yeah, I thought you'd like a shoot. I was going to pick another game, but um, couldn't be bothered. <laughs> yeah, so I found okay. this one. I was scrolling through a few games, and Fantasy Zone One's a really good game. It's Fantasy Zone Two is a little bit different. So I yeah. thought that a bit more advanced, uh, good fun, expensive board to buy as well. I think so. Fantasy Zone Two by Sega, and the ROM if you're playing on Mame is Fantzentu. Fantzentu. F A N T Z N Two. Fantasy Zone Two. Uh, three lives, no extra lives as far as I know in the in the dips. Uh, difficulty normal and the timer set to eighty. So that's all default, is it? Standard settings in MAME as far as I know. Yeah. Right. I'll have a look at that. Have a look and get your scores on Twitter with hashtag Tempe Score or on Facebook as a comment or on our podcast post or email or just get a, just tell us somehow we'll get it. Yeah. And pictures, please, if you can be bothered. Yes. 
of the game. We don't want to see your holiday snaps. If you have any pictures of biscuits, I'd like to see them. If you've got some on your wall, though, I can see them behind you. They're nice, aren't they? Draped provocatively on a saucer. <laughs> so, off you go. Wild, yes, thanks for fly, be free. And we will talk to you in two weeks' time. Thank you for listening, and goodbye. Thanks, kids. Catch me at Play Blackpool this coming weekend. Come and say hello. Or run away like a scared person. Yes, maybe. Bye. Goodbye. Nothing but determination to come in third. And you know that you're always meant to be like this. You're always meant to be like this. You're always meant to be like this. You're always meant to be. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 